Thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name, O God. Thank you for another time in your presence. Bless your holy name, precious Holy Spirit. I want to welcome all of us to another time in God's presence. I had to come online right now to do this broadcast because I have something on my heart that I believe will be a blessing to us. This teaching is not in any way to condemn people, but it's a wake-up call for us to come to the light, come to the understanding of who we are in Christ and how we should walk in holiness and purity. I titled this teaching, The Sin Unto Death. I will start by taking us to the Bible and we'll start by reading the scripture Romans chapter 6 verse, 16, verse 15 it says what then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace God forbid know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey his servant ye are to whom ye obey whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness what the bible is saying here is that people sin because they think that they are underneath the covering of grace i have come this morning to demystify what we call grace you see, I liken grace to an investment in a bank account where for each sin that you keep committing, you go and withdraw to cover for that sin. But the danger behind the grace that we call grace, because grace is a big umbrella that captures favor and other forms of blessings from God like the saving grace salvation is one of the graces underneath is one of the is one of the blessings underneath the umbrella called grace the saving grace is the one that is most abused in the body of Christ today so you keep sinning and you go and withdraw from that grace in the bank account but the problem there is, one day you're going to sin to a level where the grace available to cover up for that sin will not be enough. And you'll be outside of grace. If you think that I am not accurate on what I'm saying, then have you ever asked yourself why pastors will call people out to give their lives to Christ and still make available a slot for people to rededicate their lives. You see, Paul liking our relationship with God as marriage. One day you can decide not to be interested in the whole Christian thing and God will honor your request. But there are dangers involved in this thing. 
There are dangers involved in living a life of sin. A man can live in sin and not know that he is dead physically. This life that we're living, the timing is called Kronos, while eternity is called Kairos. The Bible lets us know that a thousand days or a thousand years, a thousand days here on earth rather, is like a day before God. A thousand years is like a day before God. So that means that someone can be dead in the realms of the spirit and you might not see the reflection of it until many years later, five years, ten years down the line. Things don't just happen. People don't just die. COVID-19 happened, earthquakes happened, catastrophes happened on earth. And people are always angry. They want to question God. God, what's the meaning of all of these things happening? But I've come to give you an understanding of why these things happen. The devil doesn't have a legal hold over your being unless you give him the authority to touch your flesh. Even though when man fell in the garden, the curse that came upon the devil was that he will eat dust all the days of his life. Remember that God said to man, he said, from dust you came and from dust you return. The flesh is dust. And God said, serpent, you shall eat dust. So it means that if you give the devil a legal hold over your body, you just made the devil able to eat the flesh of your body. We need to be very careful. Grace teaching or grace teachers are one of the problems in the body today. Because they look for what covers, what gives them peace in that life of sin. And they think that the grace of God can cover for it. Just imagine someone, because they have access to a malaria or um, an anti-malaria drug in a pharmacy store or something like that, and they now continue to subject themselves to mosquito bites so that they can keep getting malaria because they have access to anti-malaria pills. That does not make any sense at all. It doesn't. I'm in the medical line, so I can tell you that when you keep using a drug again and again, very soon there will be a resistance to the drug, either by the parasite or the body of the person will resist the drug in some kind of way where you have to get a stronger version of that drug before you can get any result at all. When you talk about grace, Ananias and Sapphira, these people were underneath the grace age. In fact, they were closer to the grace, the beginning of the grace teachings than us. The people who were responsible for teaching grace at their time, the apostles, they were the pioneers of grace in their time. And despite the fact that grace was the order of the day, these people sinned and they died. What I want you to know is that a man can sin a sin that will make him extinct here on earth, where he dies physically. People don't just fall sick. People don't just get ill and die. I'm talking about debilitating illnesses 
and some chronic diseases that just come on people and everybody's just wondering where did this come from I'm going to be talking about some things but I'm going to be rushing through because of the time that we have here online I need us to be careful of who we submit our ears to we need to be careful of who we listen to because there's a lot of error in the body today and it's leading people to hell the Bible says narrow is the way that leads to heaven narrow is the way that leads to heaven Ananias and Sapphira lied and that cost them their life in fact the apostles did not have any form of remorse on them they said to the wife the body of your husband was taken away your soul your be taken away also and the lady slumped and died right there what did she do she lied I'll be giving you some other examples in the Bible of people who sinned unto death in the Old Testament look at Moses God gave Moses an instruction not to hit the rock he hit the rock and that made him lose his life that was a form of disobedience but he sinned unto death we need to be very careful I'll be breaking down these sins and I'll be giving us a better understanding so that we can stay safe Knowledge is power. Look at someone like Judas. Judas sinned unto death. And that was what cost him his life. So I'm going to categorize sin right now. What we call sin is not exactly what we think it is. In fact, from my own understanding, I know that sin is categorized into three categories. The first of them is sin itself. The second is transgression. And the third is iniquity. Psalms 32 verse 1 lets us understand what these are. If you look at Psalm 32 verse 1, David lets us know that these sins that we call um, that we call sin altogether isn't what it is. Psalm 32 verse 1 talks about sin being covered while transgression forgiven. It takes repentance to have your transgressions blotted out. While it takes you just talking to God about your sin to have that sin removed from you. What is sin? What is transgression? What is iniquity? Sin is for little children. First John First John chapter 5 verse 16. It says if any man No, sorry. I think I made a mistake there. What I wanted us to open to was First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2 says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. 
And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the preparation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world. You can see there that John, we can trust the doctrine of John because John is the last of the apostles who talks about the things that are going to come. He buttresses more on many of the things that Jesus Christ talked about with the apostles, the things that are coming in the age that we're going into. We can trust the doctrine of John. John writes to the little children. So you find sin amongst little children. Sin is for those who are still being fed milk. They don't have a thorough understanding of the word of God. They are new in the body. So some things are still acceptable amongst them. While transgression is you know the law, but you willfully go against the law. What Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden, that there was transgression. Transgression also has consequences. Everything in itself has a consequence. Transgression is you know the law and you went against it intentionally. Transgression can be forgiven. But what you need to have to do to get your transgression forgiven is different from what you have to do to get sin out. In transgression, sometimes you might even need to be open enough to report yourself to an elder and be accountable to them and tell them, Sir, I did this and I truly need God's help. In repentance, you must have that will not to go back to sin again. God needs to see that will. That will is the broken and the contrite heart. That is when you are truly forgiving of your transgression. You must truly be repentant to have your transgression forgiven. Many times you just walk carelessly to God and say, Oh Lord, forgive me. I think that works. You need to give an account of what you did to God and let God help you by strengthening your weakness and giving you a stronger will not to go back to that life of sin. But in iniquity, iniquity is when you plan a scheme to actualize sin. You have an idea of what the law is, but you put in your own will to do wickedness. The Bible says seven things does God, seven things does God hate. And one of them is a heart that dwells continually on wickedness. This particular person decides to plan a scheme to actualize sin. If you dwell in transgression, that is a continuous life in sin with the knowledge of the law, that can lead to physical death also. Where people all of a sudden have a pain in their body, they go to the hospital and it's something strange like a tumor or a cancer or some debilitating disease in their body. While iniquity, there is no remedy to that. If you are in iniquity, you have sinned unto death. And that's why you need to be very careful. You see some accounts of people who committed iniquity in the Bible. 
what Judas did was iniquity. He planned a scheme to have Jesus sold. The Bible talks about Lucifer. He says, you were made pure, you were made perfect until iniquity was found in you. What Judas, what Lucifer rather was trying to do was Lucifer was trying to run a parallel government with God. He was planning a scheme. So you have that happen in real life where there are lecturers who fail students just to sleep with them or destroy people's life. They boss at work, you know, just you tell lies, false witness, all of those bad things, you know. You're planning a scheme. You need to be very careful because this grace you're shouting, this grace will not save you. In fact, do you know that you don't just get grace anyhow? Do you know what it requires to have grace multiplied? We need to be very careful. Many of these grace teachers are leading people into a life of danger. In fact, as a preacher, the Bible warns us, he says, "Lay, Do not lay your hands suddenly on a man. If not, you will partake of the man's sins. We have situations where a man of God carelessly will just lay his hands praying for people. If you are very discerning in the spirit, if you are not led by your sensual mind, you will know that there are people who have sinned unto death. I know a story of a lady who came to the hospital, I mean came to a church rather, with all kinds of, in her body she had cancers, diabetes, so many things in her body, you know. And the man of God was so sensitive to know that this woman had sinned unto death. He wanted to pray with her, pray for her and God said, don't pray for this one. This one has seen her to death. She even knew she was going to die because she began to have dreams, seeing dead people and all of that. What happened was this lady was given a position of leadership in her church. And she used that leadership position to gather people to fight the pastor and destroy the church. She had seen her to death and she was going to die physically. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 22 says, lay hands suddenly or no man neither be partakers of other men's sins keep thyself pure the bible even says in some places it says do not eat in the same bowl with a man who is living in sin if not you will partake of this person's sins and when the judgment will come it will come on you also because it just seems like you are giving that person a an abode to dwell in that life of sin let us be very careful let us be very careful. Let us be very careful and discerning. Let us look at another scripture. Let's look at First um, John chapter five, verse sixteen. It says, "If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death." He shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. This is another scripture talking about sin unto death. In fact, there's a particular story in the Bible where Paul talks about a man who was sleeping with his mother. And he says, even though I'm not there physically, he said, my spirit is there and I judge the matter. It says, I hand over the body of that person to the devil so that the devil will destroy the body and perhaps his soul will be saved. <laughs> we need to be very careful because the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what sins lead to death. A lie here, fornication there. 
In fact, fornication, I'll, I'll do a little explanation of that in the third category of what I'm going to talk about. But you see, lying, cheating, all of these things, living, living in perpetual sin, that remorsefulness that makes us to turn to God in repentance, a man cannot bath repentance. So that that guilt, that feeling of wanting to return to God, no, no, because we've seen God harden the heart of men. So the fact that you're still turning to God to ask God for mercy is because you have the Spirit of God in you, and the Spirit of God is helping you to see that what you have done is wrong. God can make a man dwell in sin. There's, there's a scripture, but I don't just want us to di- digress. There's a scripture that talks about God leaving men in that state so that they will be dealt with on the day of judgment. We see God had in the heart of Pharaoh. This teaching is not to put fear in you, but it's just for us to live right. The reason why people fall sick, the reason why people die, someone enters into a club and just shoots three people and the others are injured. The reason why these catastrophes happen is because people are sinning unto death and they don't even know. They think that they can easily run to God. God is not a fool. You, the Bible says God cannot be mocked. What a man sows, he shall reap. Sometimes when men sin unto death, sometimes God helps them in such a way where their soul is redeemed because we see Moses later appear on the temple mount I mean not on the temple mount on the mountain on the mountain top rather with Elijah and Jesus Christ having the discussion with Jesus Christ so like what Paul said in that place where he was talking about the man's body being destroyed but the devil probably in I mean the man's body being destroyed so that his soul can be saved perhaps the reason why some preachers, you know, all of a sudden have an illness and just die all of a sudden is because of the life of sin they've chosen to dwell in. Performing fake miracles, you get wheelchairs and be people, I mean, you're planning a scheme, that's iniquity. We need to be very careful. Righteousness preserves the spirit. Holiness preserves the body. The more you keep yourself in holiness, the longer you will live. The second category of what I classify sin as is there's a sin against the spirit, there's a sin against the soul, and there's a sin against the body. The sin against the spirit is when you defile your temple. Your body, your physical body is not the temple of God. It is your human spirit that is the temple of God. That is where God dwells in. A way to defy that temple is by bowing down to an idol. A sin against the soul. Every category of sin listed in the Bible. We sin with our soul. Lies, cheating, all of that is birthed from the soul. While the last category, the sin against the body. Paul helps us know that fornication is one of the sins or adultery where we sin with our body. Your body is involved in that sin. To use your body to commit the sin. While another type of sin that falls into that category of the sin against the body is where people overfeed themselves or eat unbalanced things. You can't tell me that 
you're drinking five bottles of coke per day and you'll be healthy you're sinning against your body that's really dangerous for you people are in ignorance of these things and they just hurt themselves let's look at one last scripture hebrews chapter 6 verse 4 it says for it is impossible can you see this it says for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gifts and were made partakers of the holy spirit to be brought into repentance we need to be very careful imagine someone who has tasted of the goodness of god and you decide to renounce your faith and you begin to live a life of sin like i said earlier only god can bring a man to a state of true repentance we see the story of the prodigal son where he walks out on the father and comes back later but we never ask why a cow was sacrificed a cow had to be sacrificed forget about the whole story of where the big the elder brother was angry that the father started a big bull we're not thinking about the sacrifice that was made the bible says the reason why these people cannot be brought back to repentance is because they re-crucify christ again and put him in shame outwardly you know we don't know that there are some sins that we commit sometimes and these sins make us put christ in shame and we crucify christ all over again in the realms of the spirit when you live in perpetual sin you continuously grieve the holy spirit and the reason why we don't have the fullness of the spirit in our age is because people do not know that they are grieving the spirit of god we remember the signs and the wonders and the great and mighty things that the spirit of god did in in the days of the bible in the days of the apostles god wants to do them again in our days but god is crying out the spirit of god is crying out for holiness and purity is crying for a holy church what we call the grace of god is only the blood of jesus holding the rot of god god never changed even from the old times and this time that we're in the only thing holding god from pouring his wrath upon earth is that blood i beg you today please live a life pure a life holy a life sanctified consecrate your members consecrate your body live in holiness jesus loves you he doesn't want you condemned don't sin unto death you've heard the truth don't let these truths condemn you it is well with you in jesus mighty name i call you blessed i want us to take our time after listening to this to ask god for mercy and consciously work in holiness and purity God bless you.
In the 